Welcome to the Morning Sanity Check, where we talk about the different pillars of resilience, spiritual, physical, social, and mental. Join us so we can talk about it, then be about it. Let the show begin. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is your Saturday Sanity Check. My name is Seth. And I'm Camille. And hopefully you guys are still sane. How you feeling, Camille? I'm doing really good today. It was my uh, kind of, I get a good break, I'll say, from work between mm-hmm. now and when I leave. So um, I'm excited about that. It's a good good week. Good week. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes. I can dig that. And hey, good morning, everyone. If you're tuning in, make sure if you can't leave your comment here, if you want to leave your comment here, make sure you go to StreamYard.com forward slash Facebook. Okay, you have to give them rights to do that. But good morning, good morning, everyone. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? Matthew, how you doing? How you doing? How's everybody? How's everybody? Well, my weekend, well, it is Saturday. See? See, I'm losing it already. <laughs> but it's okay. It's, it's all right. I took my daughter to the to the aquarium uh, this awesome. past uh this past week and just walked around and you know, I think we're we're searching for a little bit of normal. Even though we're walking around with masks and people were there, but we still you know, keeping that social distance. And when we see people that want to crowd around to what we're looking at, we say, okay, cool. It's time to go. And, you know, we're just going to look at other stuff. Hey, Miss Kim, how you doing? Good morning. Good morning. So again, everyone, we're talking about freedom from shame, freedom from shame. Ooh-wee. Yes, yes, yes. What would you think about that, Camille? Well, I just want to first shout out to my friend, Holly. I see Holly on there. She said she finally was able to get on. Hey, so Holly. Hey. Um, <laughs> Matthew, Kim, everyone else who is tuning in right now, I just want to say thank you. Um, yeah, so last week, you know, Seth and I were talking and we were talking about, you know, different issues as we often do after these shows. And uh, we were really talking about shame and realized that it's a an issue a lot of people deal with um, that they are still struggling with even in their later years you know, trying to figure out how to let go. And so we decided to do a segment on uh, freedom from shame. And I had to go through it myself, you know, hence the conversation um, to release myself from certain things so that I can move forward in my life because shame will hold you back. It will hold you back like no other. And so um, there's a whole process that goes along with that. So we just want to share some thoughts on, you know, being free from shame on today. So I hope you guys enjoy this segment. And um, it's coming straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. Straight from the heart. And guys, if you can, guys and ladies, if you can, please, please share this. Share yeah. this because Miss Holly said, you know, or her son is sets free and, 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 and we need yeah. that, right? This is a great topic. But we need to make sure we pass this on, pass this on, because if we're going through it, other people are going through it. But just think about the freedom, the different type of life individuals can can um, can have by being honest with themselves and identifying. So I will start and just dive into it a little bit. One of the first things when it comes down to shame is being able to ask ourselves, not necessarily other people in the beginning, because you have to really think about, okay, why do I feel this way? Am I going to the same individual or the same environment that's, I guess, fostering 
that shame inside of me. So I need to go somewhere else or, you know, really look at my surroundings and the individuals that I associate with to, you know, kind of identify some things, say, hey, you know, Camille, this is what I'm dealing with. What do you think about that? So what would you what you what you say about that, Camille? Um, I think absolutely identifying it is the first step. You know, um, sometimes other people can see certain things in us. You know, we have these feelings that arise when we feel shameful. And I'm just going to talk about that because that's really important. And it's that kind of deep-seated embarrassment, that kind of uh, humiliation that you feel every time you think about something that happened or think about an event or someone or something like that, that just years later just makes you just cringe. Like, you know, that shame. And shame really is has more to do with I you know, feelings of unworthiness, feelings of, you know, I'm undeserving, I'm unlovable. I, you know, don't have what it takes. It's an I thing with shame where guilt, people get them confused. Guilt is I did a thing. So instead of I did a thing, it's I did a thing. It's easier to recover from guilt because you can make amends for whatever that thing it is it is that you did. You can go back and apologize or make your right, your wrong right. But with shame, it really is an internal um, idea of who you are. So it really is it's a little bit harder to overcome shame. So I just wanted to, to make sure that we, we get that out of the way, because like you said, you have to identify those things mm-hmm. um, and you have to know where to look in order to release the shame. And it's not in the thing, it's in you. Absolutely. Uh, and, and there, you have to have the right people around you to help bring all of that stuff out. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I want to say good morning to everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, Miss Danielle. Good morning. Glad you're watching. And we're talking about freedom from shame. And so you said something that made some sense, right? If, you know, let's identify those things and knowing the difference between shame and guilt and what I've experienced in my young age of uh uh what is it uh fabulous and 40 is that if we sit on it too long those individuals that we have um issues with they may have passed you see and what happens is they pass and they and it's dropped and they're gone see so we can't necessarily confront or to say hey this is what i felt it may not be right or it may not have been your intent, but this is what happened and this is what it's done to my life. Yes. You see, now, if those individuals aren't around anymore, ladies and gentlemen, then please make sure you tune in but and, and comment. But what do you think about that when someone is long and gone? It can be your, your mother, great grandfather or someone that has place something deep rooted in your heart even at a young age and you're still dealing with it today and let's be completely honest it can be colorism right let's say someone in your family lighter than you and when they see you you're just a black one how do you think that could affect a man or a woman oh my goodness right a woman or a young lady in the age where no one is telling her that she's beautiful already because of society, but someone that's in her family call her the black one. Think about that. And that's just that's just a small case. What about if you have, you know, weight issues and, and your little child, hey little fat boy, hey little you know, get over here with your with your little fat self. Okay. It's cute for a minute when until you get, you know, like two. Then that's after why. you know, 
push back from from Mickey D's. You dig? But that still hurts individuals. And so it's one thing to feel bad, but it's another thing to hurt and and to take that. And it's um, it becomes toxic. You understand? It really do becomes toxic. So, Camille, what would you think about that as far as individuals that's no longer here? So with individuals that no longer here, um, like I talked about, the shame really is in the eye. What the seeds they planted in you may have caused you to feel, um, it's you know, like I said, unworthy to or make shame. you feel so like I just you're not to... beautiful. And so you internalize that. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes reconciling within yourself, mm -hmm. especially if the person is not there. Identifying where it came from, that shame or those feelings of guilt or whatever it is that you have, recognizing where it came from. But the only person that can heal you is you, you know, with the help of God. But you have to do the work. So regardless of anybody, you have to find something in yourself that says that I am beautiful, regardless of what somebody said, or it doesn't matter that I'm dark skinned, um, I'm still worthy of love just like anybody else. And so it's not there that other person's responsibility. It's nice if they will uh, recognize that or if they will admit that and try to make amends. But even with apologies, the damage is done. And so even if somebody says, I'm sorry, you still have to deal with, okay, they said, I'm sorry, but those feelings don't automatically change. You know, just because you said I'm sorry doesn't mean I'm beautiful today and Absolutely. I was ugly yesterday. Absolutely. Or I'm skinny today and I'm not today. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I understand. So you have to find those attributes in yourself, those characteristics in yourself, um, those things about you, and you have those those words of affirmation, um, some counseling, things like that, people that surround you that say that I am, and you have to practice that thing, say it out loud to yourself so that you you're, you can hear it and internalize a new message mm -hmm. about yourself. Mm -hmm. So it, it's not always, you know, somebody can apologize or that person can say whatever, but you still have to do the work. You're still stuck with the damage. Absolutely. So you have to repair that. You're right. And and let me give some shout outs too. I see Miss Nisi Gold. How you doing, ma'am? How you doing? And Miss Lily Wilson, she made a great comment. She says, confronting someone doesn't always lead to an apology and might even bring more hurt if the person is still a mess. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Because again, <laughs> yes. some people, ladies and gentlemen, it's still SOS, and I don't know if this is your first time watching, but SOS stands for stuck on stupid. My mama told me that a long time ago. Baby, listen, you can't you know, have conversations with individuals that's stuck on stupid because they will do what? Fight you to stay stupid. Not Man. that they are stupid, <laughs> but they will fight you to to the point where they're not trying to hear what you're what you you know what you're saying. So look again, let's talk about shame. If in individuals, if you're just uh tuning in, we're talking about freedom from shame. So let's talk about what shame can do to your life. Meaning, what can it hold you back from? It can hold you back from loving someone. How can you give someone that you don't have? How can you give someone something that you don't have within? And I mean that pure love, love, not conditional. It's unconditional love, right? Yes. How can you do that if you don't have it within? So that's one thing. Um, just just self-worth, right? Just self-worth. At, at, if it's already at an all-time low because of what has happened in the past, what else is it preventing you from doing? Maybe doing the best that you can at your job because you don't think that you are worthy enough. Yes. Right. What would you think, Camille? 
I say, Seth, to that point, you know, in doing some research about it, and I'll tell you about a story I had with a young man who, like I said, um, after all of, you know, coming into the military and everything, he was having some issues, dealing with some things. And I said, well, if you lose this job, then, you know, what are you going to go back and do? He said, well, I don't know, I'll maybe sell drugs or go to jail because that's what all my family did. My, my father said that I would never be anything. I would have to do something that works with my hands. And I'm like, what? And so he was dealing with this low self-esteem, low self-worth because of that. So as I'm talking to him, I'm like, okay, so what do you want to do? He starts telling me and I'm like, so why can't you do that? You know? And he's like, well, cause my dad said, okay, so you're a grown man, you can make decisions now. So we have to work on undoing some of that stuff. But anyway, in terms of y'all know, I like to, to look up, you know, what the thing actually does to your body. Mm-hmm. So in terms of that, to your point, um, shame is something that is deeply internalized. And in turn, um, you can suffer from things like shame and guilt have two different things. So like I said, the guilt is the did, and you can uh, make amends for that thing or turn it around or whatever. Shame is much more deep rooted to the point where it it causes like um, inflammation in your body, right? So it causes RA, rheumatoid arthritis. It causes cardiovascular disease. It's more... um, uh, associated with substance abuse, drug abuse, um, overeating, like uh, obsessive dif- disorders and things like that. So obesity, things like that, because people are trying to stuff and hide. They're avoiding things. They're trying to um, ease the pain with outside substances, mm-hmm. whether that's food or like I said, uh alcohol, uh, nicotine, whatever it is, drugs or whatever. So it also does a lot of damage to your body if you don't confront that shame if you don't deal with that and a lot of it comes from childhood traumas so a lot of it comes from a single event or something that somebody was very close to them and said something so physically it will do wreak havoc on your body wreak havoc and like king said to his point that shame puts you in a mental prison mm-hmm It literally does. A lot of the behaviors associated with them are avoidance, are uh, hiding, are withdrawal, are isolation, which is literally a a prison in itself. And so if you don't release yourself from that shame, you don't identify it, you don't dig deep and do the work, you will be in a mental prison that will keep you from doing everything that you ever wanted to do. You know, you'll never realize your purpose. Or even if you start something, you have something that says, okay, I'm just going to go out and do it. That shame will tell you that you'll never succeed at it. And therefore people quit. You're right. And so people start to do stuff and they start quitting, quitting, quitting. It's not that they can't do it. It's a mental prison that they're in that is keeping them from realizing their full potential. And so you have to deal with that. So I see that a lot of times at at work and in different things. And so I, I step back. And I have those conversations. So, so what is it really about? You're right. Now, it, it, about to dive into something a little bit different. But before we do, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, James. What's going on, man? He made a good comment. Mm-hmm. says it caused serious issues in your marriage and relationships with your children, uh, with your children, if it's not taken care of. Absolutely right. Mm-hmm. And Matthew says, uh, shame brings sickness. Yes, yes. Big Herm. You already know what it is. And ladies and gentlemen, please share this because it can help people. All right. And, and look, and it's free too. Stop being stingy, right? Y'all getting all this goodness and y'all ain't saying anything. And uh, yeah, so, so yeah, shame will affect your destiny. So here we go. We're about to, we're going to talk about something, same thing, but on a different, different scale. 
All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. If you're just tuning in, we're talking about uh, freedom from shame. So watch this. Here it is. You are dealing with someone either at work, in your family, whatever, that's dealing with their own shame. Can you dig it? But to the point where they deflect that shame on you when you did not have a problem with you until you got with this person or now this person is in your your circle you understand but it happened so subtly you see because if you think about it let's say for example all right i can use i can lose 15 pounds okay you know i'm still gonna be sexy you dig it but i can lose 15 pounds it's okay now it's mild because I know that's what I want to lose and I know what to do to lose that. But now I'm either A, in a relationship or B, at work and I'm surrounded by individuals that think that 15 pounds should be 20, should be 25. And it's so subtle, okay? Oh, well, you know, you could, but they don't have an issue with me per se. They have their own issue and now shame can be contagious, just like negative energy. So think about that. I mean, go 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 way back. Think about if you ever uh, experienced that. And give me thumbs up, anybody, if anyone has ever felt that way, right? And then, so like Casey, he made he made a uh, good point. He says, "Don't forget, shame brings envy and hate." Yes, 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 yes. And yes, King, you're absolutely right. No one wants to serve a prison sentence alone. Yes. Misery loves company, but we have to think about it for a minute. Take a step back and ask yourself, hey, is this issue mine or is it truly theirs? But what we do is we attach love to those words and then we say there's no reason why they will say those things to me unless they love me. You get what I'm saying? It's either that or let's put it, take it out the house and take it to work. If a person is saying this, they're telling me this because they see something in me that can help me advance. You see? And now you, you have this going on in your mind. And then, like you said earlier, to your body. And now you're putting unnecessary stress on yourself when you were OK in the beginning. Camille, what you think about that? Well, that's when, you know, and it does the work to know who you are so that when people say things like that, you don't internalize it so much. But that's a process. Um, and, and it's really about, you know, when you're with people who you love, you expect they're going to give you words of affirmation or positivity and all that kind of stuff. So when you're around that a lot, you know, and you keep, continue to hear that, it's not that you just take it on, but you internalize that. Well, this is what they really think about me. So that, oh, you can stand to lose 20 pounds instead of 15 means that I'm fat, See. you know, or I don't have control over the way that I eat or I have no discipline. And so we internalize those things differently, you know, based on what we're exposed to. And so you have to really confront that head on. If I lose 15 pounds and that's all I want to lose, that's all I want to lose. You know, if I want to lose 20, then okay. You know, I may help some, uh, ask somebody for help. But um, at this point, I know who I am enough that I, you know, that doesn't bother me. And I'll, I'll tell people where they can go, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, at the same time, if you don't, because shame creates such a deep sense of uh, self or a lack of self-worth, 
or self-esteem that you're trying to get those um that acceptance from people, yes. you know, whether it's your work or whether it's your family or whatever. So you're like, okay. And we become people pleasers, you know, we become people pleasers and then we're never at any sort of like, and that's why you go into isolation and those prisons, mental prisons and things like that. If I can just avoid everybody, then I can just, you know, nobody will say anything. I don't have to live up to something. I don't have to put any energy to try to be better than anything. You know, I'll just stuff, stuff, stuff. But then we start dying quicker. We mm -hmm. start, you know, having all of these medical issues that we can't deal with. But it really is. You have to know yourself. And it's a process, which that whole thing, when you feel those feelings of, you know, embarrassment, that not just I'm embarrassed a little because I did something, but that deep embarrassment, that deep humiliation that every time, whether it's 30 years back, you think about it, you literally cringe and you're like, oh my God, I wish I could have changed that. I wish I would have done this differently, whatever. And so when people say that, you attach it to those events too, that confirm what you already been told that you internalized about who you are. And so it becomes a, a vicious cycle, it becomes a vicious cycle. So you have to identify those things so that you can break free from them. We'll talk about how to do all that later, but it is, we're constantly seeking validation from people. Like King said, nobody wants to go in prison alone. You know what I mean? So misery loves company. And what we find we deal with is a lot of people who are dealing with shame, but they're good at hiding. They're mm -hmm. good at hiding. Mm -hmm. They may have a skill that they, you know, can, they're really, really good at. So they don't have to show people who they are. Mm -hmm. Their work will just be what it is. And then they project all of those things their feelings of inadequacy on uh, somebody else. When somebody else is trying to do something good, now they're going to tell them, tear them down, you know, instead of encourage them, oh, you can do more because I still feel inadequate. And because you lost 15 pounds and I didn't, now I'm going to be like, oh, that's it. See. Like, you need to do more. And so we have to know how to ward that off. Well, that was my goal. Then that's my goal. Crushed it. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? right. Like, Moving on, and and, and so and, and that's why it's so important. But so, it, my my brother, he said something that was good too, very powerful. Shame can have you reevaluate your decisions in life when trauma occurs mentally. Yo, okay, you can you may have been comfortable in your skin, and now you're second guessing yourself. You see. And, and and it is you're absolutely right. But shout out to you, brother. That that makes a lot of sense. King, words have greater value than money. Slavery was built off shame. Yes, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. Miss Lily Wilson says, I highly recommend the book. Yes. Oh yeah. Yo, this book lovable. Woo. Yes. 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 Especially those dealing with shame. It gets to the root of many of our issues in a must read. So, and, and we, we've read this book and it, it was so dope, so dope, right? It's called Lovable. Here, I put it up here again. Lovable, it's very, very, very powerful because it goes back to what I said earlier. How can you give what you don't have? How can you give what you don't have? It, it makes so much sense. And, 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 but we don't know what we don't know, right? But we have to realize when we're doing something that is toxic to other people, even ourselves, right? Not just ourselves, but to other people. So let's, let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. And good morning again to everyone, especially if you're just tuning in. Make sure you share this, right? This is the morning, morning, Saturday, sanity check. Make sure you got everything uh, screwing right. 
right? Nothing loose, right? <laughs> nice and tight. But um, think about what you say to yourself. What are you saying to yourself that's even that's either changing your results or enabling your results? Right. Like we talked about earlier, it is the things that is words. Words are powerful. How powerful do you think they are if you say them to yourself? No one is saying some of the things that you are believing. Come on now. Think yeah, about it. Internal self. Yeah, that internal self-talk. Right. Business, right. So a lot of people, you know, when you're doing it consciously, you want to say the things that you want to hear. Right. Mm -hmm. So but it takes getting still. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. It takes that time in meditation or prayer or whatever, or just being quiet in your thoughts. A lot of people are afraid of their thoughts. Yes. I love thinking. Mm -hmm. I love thinking. Okay. But a lot of people are afraid of their thoughts because they're going to hear those negative things that they've been said repeat in their brain, that they say repeat in their brain. But that's so important mm -hmm. because you have to know the narrative that's going on in your mind so that you can change it. Mm -hmm. You know what to change. And that takes being still and being quiet and hearing what you really say about yourself. Absolutely. You have to. And a lot of times you'll hear that I'm not worthy. I don't deserve love. And so relationships and stuff, because people don't take the time to do that. You get, you can't give what you don't have. Like you said, you can't pour from an empty cup. You can't feed from an empty pot. We get in relationships, hoping that another person will fill us up, you know, but our own demons and our own uh, mental, you know, or self-talk, negative self-talk will chew that up, spit it out. And then we still begging for more See? because we haven't changed the narrative in our own minds. So we have to sit and we have to hear that thing or else we'll never, ever, ever have good, healthy relationships. Absolutely. Because again, you cannot give what you don't have. And if you don't know how to love yourself, it's going to be really hard to love anyone else. And, and to add to that, not only is it going to be hard to love anyone else, it's going to be hard for them to love you. Love you. Look, because yes. you got so much stuff going on, ladies and gentlemen. I yes. want you to really think about your current situation right now. You see, your current situation. Think about it. Are you lovable? Meaning, not necessarily lovable, but easy to love. And that not obviously in the sexual manner, right? Or, or uh, erotic way. But do you give off the energy that it's okay for people to love you or to be around you? You see, do you give off that welcoming vibe? If you have issues with people, is it the issues you have with people or is it the issue that you have with yourself no. that's creating that vibe uh, with people? You see what I'm saying? Because you got to understand everything that we feel can can radiate outward. It starts in here. Look at the core. Listen, everybody don't got the issue. Look at the common denominator, right? It's like math. You dig it? Look at the common denominator. What is it that maybe, maybe going on inside that's creating the results that you seem to see in everybody else? Shout out if you ever said everybody always blank. Hey, whatever it is, I get tired of people always blank. You see? Think about it. If you tired, how tired are you? 
Now, is it something? Is it is it a, is it something that you're saying, or is it that you're putting yourself in a situation to keep seeing those things? But why? Is it something comfortable? Is it something comfortable inside that or something that 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 resonates with you that keep you in that state of shame? Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about freedom from shame and you can't let it go if you a don't identify it. But then ask yourself, why is it OK? Here I am in my 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and I'm OK with this but I don't like it. What you think about that, Camille? Very, very true. You know, it's just, we take on those things, but again, I keep saying people don't take enough time to think about thinking, you know, what you're actually thinking. So again, that's why if we've never dealt with our thought process, it's going to be really, really hard to deal with our thought process, if you understand what I'm saying. So that's why in all these years, because we have never taken the time to sit down and be still and be quiet and hear those, you know, what we think and how we project that onto other people. And I'm just going to say this, too. It happens a lot with kids. You know, when the kids are, are we have these kids and we're still dealing with shame about certain things, we put our kids in a mental prison. You know what I mean? And we put all of those things because we haven't dealt with those our own thoughts about certain things. So when our kids are eating or they're doing this and we have these adverse reactions to them and then we start telling them the same things that people told us that we were not okay with. And then we start traumatizing our own children due to the shame and the guilt and the trauma that we've experienced. It becomes a cycle. It becomes a cycle over and over. And so then again, we talked about, you know, generational curses or choices or, you know, what's passed on, but that becomes a cycle of a family full of shame. And it goes back to those when I talked about epigenetics before, it's the same thing with shame. Once you deal with it, there are markers in your body, obesity, addictions, depressions, mental illnesses that can be turned off if the environment is changed. See, if the environment has changed. And so we have to deal with now that we know our eyes are open, we, we have an awareness. We need to start dealing with a lot of the shame and the hurt and the guilt and the traumas that we have so that we can stop this cycle. And I say cycle of mediocrity because shame will put you in a box in a mental prison. And the only thing you'll ever be is mediocre. And people are OK with just being average. Why? We have so much genius. We have so much intellect in our communities. We have so much intelligence. We create like no other. But people will take those gifts and talents because they're still dealing with the shame of who said they weren't going to be, don't know who they are, their self-worth, and they will put themselves in that little bitty box. And then all of those gifts and talents will die with them because they're just okay being mediocre. You know what? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yes, you, so much, so much. Ernest, he's easy to love. Yeah. OK. OK. <laughs> All right. Miss Johnson, she says, when you love yourself, you can recognize your own self worth and recognize toxic people before they have a chance to affect your, you with negativity. You're absolutely right. So this is what I want you guys to, to think about. Think about what shame does and you alluded to it earlier but shame do create secrets 
And those secrets is part of those generational quote unquote curses or whatever. What are you holding on to? And and just to be completely honest, there was things in my family that I never knew. Now, if if ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, I've been in the military, right? Getting ready to retire. And and for years, for years, when I go to the medical uh, facility or whatever to get checked up, they give me a list of questions and says, it says, do you have a history of a list of things? Me? No, I'm knowing everything. Why? Because I'm a one. You understand? Not just that. No one has said anything. However, however, older I get. I'm starting to ask different questions and the right questions to the right people. Now I'm finding out, hey, we got a history of diabetes. You got a history of high blood pressure, right? Certain type of cancers. So think about that because individuals view health or lack thereof as a weakness. They don't expose and share those things that can ultimately help someone else. So think about it. Here it is. If my if the women in my family has a history of breast cancer, don't you think that would have been good for me to know for my daughter? So that's selfish. You see what I'm saying? Or not just my daughter, even myself, because believe it or not, there are studies that show men can receive breast cancer as well. So don't you think that that can help? Right. But if individuals uh, uh, jump around and don't say the things that they need to say and they avoid it, then they pass away. But they they keep it hush hush because they don't want everybody, quote unquote, in their business. Look what you're doing because of those secrets. What you think, Camille? Yes, that medical thing is huge. And especially for those of us who have served, you know, when I go to the doctors, they'd be like, what did you do to your body? You know, well, because there is this this stigma of people who go to the doctor are weak. Or if people have mental health issues, then they're weak. And I was actually having a conversation here recently when somebody was saying that. And I was like, look, let me stop you right there. That's why we have a lot of suicide rates, because people can't get the help that they need because they're considered weak. We have people in high places. It's not just young airmen. We're talking about generals and people who have been in like the most prestigious positions. Mm -hmm. And then because they're unable to deal with their feelings. They're unable to express those things. When you say, you know, you have PTSD or something like that, then people are just like, oh my God. And then they're like, but you weren't even in combat. Like, how can you, like, first of all, you know what I mean? How are you going to tell me about my PTSD? Mm -hmm. And then there's a shame that comes with it or people that have to deal with certain things, you know, going to the doctor a lot because of all the stresses that we've had in our life. And so we have a lot of issues but mm-hmm. we do need to, to to be able to say that like i told you guys a couple of weeks ago my daughter was like oh yeah you know about her father's side of the family i have no idea you know that's the whole side that you know she's gonna have to figure out uh, about her health history through you know what i mean and at some point i help her probably but you know my side of the family too and then the more i talk the more i find certain things the more i talk the more i find certain things i may have like symptoms of stuff but not the actual thing you know what i mean that disease or that that illness or whatever it is but that means that i have to be more careful i have to watch you know more and then i gotta keep down my stress and everything too so that you know those things don't manifest those markers don't turn on and then i'm continuing to to um uh 
you know, expose myself, so to speak, to those types of illnesses. But that shame that people have about, you know, what a weakness is or a man. I had somebody else the other day, you know, I don't ever cry. I can't cry. You know, men don't cry. I don't just, you need to cry. Crying is. It's, it's purging. Old, it's purging. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I said, we have these emotions and you have tears for a reason because they're meant to be shed. It's cleansing. Sometimes you just have to let it go. I said, because if you keep that stuff stuffed in, I said, that's when the anger comes. That's when the rage comes. And shame is one of the the behavioral um, aspects of shame is anger and rage. That's right. And so you have to purge that. If Mm -hmm. you're not crying it out, you're not expressing your feelings, that has to go somewhere. And it comes out in those behaviors and wonder why people have, you know, are in abusive relationships or wonder why people that just can't keep their temper, you know, you have to purge. You are given those emotions and those tears for a reason. Let them go. Even yes. if you let them go in the, in the privacy of your own home, in the bathroom, in the shower, when you're in there, let them go. Because if you don't, they're going to come out in other ways. Yeah, they come out other the ways. Yeah, tears is going to be fists, you know, holes in the walls. They're going to be stuff ripped down. They're going to be tables flipped over. It's going to be a, a, a TV thrown out of a thing. That's how those tears are going to come out. And those are all destructive ways when you can just allow yourself to be human. And we need to stop telling people how they are supposed to react to certain things, unless it's dangerous, of course, you know, then we give them tools. But if they need to cry, let them cry. You know, shame in that, you know, you suck up your tears and don't. And I was guilty of it with my kids, too. Mm-hmm. But I had to I had to take a step back. And then when people are in, in meetings and stuff and they have a breakdown, it's not because they're weak. That's just how they feel at the moment. Mm-hmm. They're going to get up, I promise you, and they're going to go and they're going to do that job and they're going to do it to the best of their ability and probably better than you can. Mm-hmm. But they have to release mm-hmm. to keep from damaging mm-hmm. the relationships, to keep from, from sabotaging their jobs, to keep from hurting other people, you know, through words or actions because they're angry. So you have to allow people to feel and to be human in every emotion. All of us have it. All of us have it. Absolutely. And we need to be able to express those, but learn how to do it in healthy ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so you're absolutely right. So uh, let me give a shout out. I see Will. What's going on, brother? He says that PTSD situation is very common. You're absolutely right. And Miss Lily Wilson says being in the military for any length of time can be traumatizing for anyone, let alone someone who comes with issues from the past. Right. That's how we get service members who end up on the news. Yo, yeah, listen, triple, triple. Yes, that makes so much sense. So much sense. And, you know, let's let's think about it this way, though, ladies and gentlemen. It's easy to see the shame. From the outside looking in. okay, or inside looking out. But what about the inside looking in? What I mean by that in full disclosure I had a certain level of shame when I, uh, when I was, when I got, when I was divorced from my son's mother. And the reason why it was shameful is because I held on to the lack of the relationship I had with my father. See, hey, it starts somewhere. I have to be able to know where the dots are connected, because if I could not do that, then that means I would I would repeat the same thing over and over without feeling anything. There is a root 
calls to certain things. So in order for me to deal with the 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 lack of relationship with my son's mother and even my son that I have to build upon, I have to go to the root of it, meaning building a relationship with my father. You see? So what I'm asking you all is think about looking in from within. What is it that you have to do? What do you have to do? Because, I mean, here we are, me and Camille. I mean, we can be master resilience trainers, coaches to help individuals to cope with things. But how are we coping? Y'all, I might be crazy as a Betsy bug up in here every day and up in here just, you know, telling you what you should do and how to get your mind right. But I'm dealing with things every day, but I have to deal with them because I don't want to repeat a cycle and know what it is inside that I have to deal with. So what is it that you have to deal with? And you don't got to put your business out there, but I want you to think about the dots that you have to connect to get a different result. To get a different result moving forward. Today is Saturday. Right on. It's the sanity check. How are you checking your own sanity? Or is there someone that you need to communicate with? License. Maybe. Maybe go to a therapist. Maybe go to someone that don't know all your business, but they can help you deal with certain things. Right. Not every time you can go to friends or family, but you you need that external. But checking your yourself. What you think, Camille? I think that's true. We, you know, we talked about it too. Seth and I are able to come on here because we do deal with real life situations. Okay. We have done the counseling. We've not, and I think that it's a done one and done thing, but as necessary, we go, you know what I mean? We've taken classes. We're master resilience trainers and those skills that we teach, we utilize every day. You know what I mean? Every day there's a skill that I have to use. And so it is taking that, recognizing, you know, that in ourselves so that one th- we can come to you guys authentically, honestly, being who we are, to be able to share experiences, not feel embarrassed about it. I'm kind of like with um, Seth, you know, I was talking, I tell everybody all the time, I've been married three times, been divorced three times. There was a heavy sense of shame and guilt um, associated with that. And I had to sit down and I cried more tears than, you know, the River Nile can hold. But, I, you know, I had to sit down and I had to go back and peel back the layers and figure out um, what happened in my life. Because I was like, I can't keep a relationship. You know, my kids don't deserve this. I'm just a terrible person because I can't do X, Y, and Z. And what is it about me that I'm unlovable and all this kind of stuff. And um, I found out all that, you know, I was kind of being a little bit hard on myself, you know, in a lot of areas, but it boiled down to my choices. And why was I making those same choices over and over and over again? Because there was a lack somewhere. There was a lack somewhere. And so I had to peel back the onion and find out where that lack was so that I can refill that myself, you know, and with that self-worth or whatever the case may be, what relationship was broken that caused me to continue to go and get into broken relationships after broken relationship because they were broken before they even started to be honest if i'm honest they were broken before they started but it was something in me that those were the choices that i made you know what i mean in those broken people 
that I was seeking out something because I was kind of broken. So I was trying to fix something else. You know what I mean? And so you attract these certain types of things. Uh, when you get a healing, you realize that um, you don't attract those things anymore. You know, some some people keep, keep trying to come, but you're like, er, nope, I'm not doing any more projects. You know what I'm saying? You can't fix everybody. Yes, I need somebody who's in a space where I am that I don't have to fix, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm okay with that. And so we do have to go through and find, like Seth had to go find that it was the relationship with his father that had to be fixed. It was a little deeper for, not deeper for me, but a little different for me um, in terms of the relationships and things that happened. And so you do have to go back and confront that so that you don't repeat that cycle again. And then you don't put that on your children and they repeat that cycle again. My mom's come on here and already said about these relationships. She can look back to her mother and her mother's mother and her mother's mother's mother. You know what I mean? And see that there is a cycle of things that have happened even through us, me being her child, um, that continue to repeat because nobody had ever talked about that thing. And so then we continue to, I guess, show these behaviors, expose our kids to it then they start repeating and there are certain things that happen over and over and over again that keep us in these cycles. So you have to step back and you have to figure out what that thing is so you can stop it. So you know what? Hey, hey, Miss Jackie. Hey, how you doing, ma'am? And so, hey, for, so first I want to make sure everyone sees the number below. It's 618-792-6747 if you have a comment. And this is the Saturday Sanity Check and we're talking about freedom from shame and my brother said something now watch this i'm putting it up so everybody can dig this so he says if you held that in he's talking about me and my father our father right raising this boy to a man would be so much harder our relationship with our father bro made me go even harder when raising my boys my nephews they're twins so and you're absolutely right and and he's done an outstanding outstanding job However, because my brother and I had different relationships with my father, we were able to have different experiences. Now that we are men, I'm viewing things kind of different than my brother is. So, and ladies and gentlemen, again, we're talking about freedom from shame. My shame that I had to let go of not necessarily let go completely, but understand is that dealing with shame is not the same for everyone. So I ask you, what is it that you may be dealing with that you may not get the same result as everyone else? Then what do you do? Because if you keep pushing an issue, if you keep pushing an issue that may continue to you may repeat the same thing over and over again it comes a point you have to say you know what i am no longer feeling this way so i may not get the resolution that i need from that person or from the relationship but i know that i have a different point of view now and i understand clearer so what i don't want what i don't want you guys to do Right. And and this is just my suggestion. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm not licensed all the way. Right. I might be I might be clinically crazy a little, but think about it like this. What is it that you're doing that's not necessarily helping? You think it's helping, but it's not helping. It's actually doing more harm 
than good. Think about whatever relationship. It can be platonic. It can be, you know, in a, a, a romantic relationship. Because of your shame, if you're trying to fix something, you're trying to fix something within other people, but it's based off of something inside or something in the past that you can't reach anymore. When do you let that go to live a different life? What you think about that, Camille? Now, see, it's different, though, true. right? Ain't that crazy? Because sometimes we hold on to mess, you yeah. see? And sometimes we think, you know, they say, they say there's two things that happen. Either you repeat it or you do the total opposite, right? But the reason is still the same. And sometimes even when you do better, it's coming from a, a I'll say, an altered state. You know what I mean? So even when you think you're going hard, and I'm not saying that your brother is not, don't get me wrong, uh, Ernest out there, I'm not talking about that. But you know, there's still certain things that you're unaware of that is the driving force that could have a negative effect on that, even though you're trying to be the opposite. Maybe that's when those uh, parents overcompensate. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or they wanna do everything for their kid because their parent wasn't there or they didn't do anything. So then you stop, your, your, your kids are not getting the skills that they need to learn how to struggle or what it feels like not to have or to identify needs from wants. So we have to still, regardless, you have to deal with the root of your own issues because it comes out in your parenting. And when you think that you've done everything, and that's why a lot of parents are like, I gave them everything and I don't know why they See, still ended up- that's the problem. <laughs> Yes, there are lessons that they missed because you tried to overcompensate because you didn't deal with the root of what was going on. Hey, listen. So that's, that's so important to note. And I, I did the same thing. You know, my oldest daughter used to be the one, well, I'm calling my grandma. My mom be like, Camille, why you don't get that? Because she don't need it. Like, hey. mom, no. You know, and she's like, you could give her whatever she wants to. Why are you withholding? You just, well, I couldn't give it. Just because you couldn't give us that thing doesn't mean that I have to give my kids. She needs to learn lessons too, just like I did. You know, you Camille, know what I mean? Camille. <laughs> Look, look, let, let, let's talk about that, because I'm glad you said that. And I'm sure individuals are out there that's listening right now. And shout out to you guys if you shared this. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for, for joining us in the Sanity Check. You said something that was so powerful, and I had to come to terms with that. We all, not all, but I think we have experienced that. We want to be able to give our children what we did not have because of because of the past but now that we can do it now we want to shower 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 and just to just to uh talk about this real quick i had to identify when i did that with my son and it wasn't just me it was my family because my son not him not staying with me we felt the best way to love him and to show love was just to give 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 you dig but it got to the point where that was the only time he would call mm -hmm. hey dad well, how you something. doing can i get okay and then he would call my grandmother then my mother when she was alive she said hey baby i talked to your son i said okay yeah how you doing he doing all right so what's this iphone 10 he want what that's when it dawned on me i, was, I had to call him up look, look hey y'all i had to call myself uh boy i, I said who are you think you 
you calling my mama your grandma? First of all, they miss birthdays. Couldn't even say hey. You feel me? Couldn't even say how you doing. You calling her for iPhone? And then watch this. Ain't even got a job to pay the bill. Who gonna pay the bill? Nut. But see what you see. So then I had to think about it. I created that environment. So it was last year. I had a conversation with him and I said, you know what? I'm sorry. I am so and yeah, and Ernest too, right? You did the same thing. Hey, uncle, you're right. Uh, I want X. So, but I had to apologize to him, say, son, listen, I'm sorry. You know I love you. I love you, but I created this environment of giving, giving, giving. And I'm doing that because we don't have the full, you know, 360 spectrum of a relationship. And I felt as though that's what was needed. But it's not, you know, it's not. And it's okay. Like we have it. And just because we have it don't mean you need it. You're going to be all right. Now, my job is to teach you how to get it. You see, that's just one part. And yes. uh, the thing, but what you think, Camille? I mean, that's true. And I saw um, Angela say you can still shower them and teach them at the same time. And, and, and that's true, yes. you know, but ain't nothing like experiencing some things, you know, when you have to learn how to wait. Just because I have the money to buy it doesn't mean that I have the money to buy it, you know, or that it's allotted for that thing. Sometimes you have to learn to earn. You know what I mean? Like, just because I can doesn't mean that I should or I should. (laughs) You know what I mean? What have you done to earn that? You know, being my kid just ain't enough, because when you get out there, if you haven't learned those lessons and understand what the weight is or deciding what's a need and a want, you'd be like, okay, well, you said you needed this, but you want this. Which one is more important? You know, and then you go for the want. Now you still have a need. Well, mama, I need this. Well, you had a choice to make. So now you're going to have to wait till the next time. You know what I mean? And there's different lessons in that. People can. You can do what you want with your kids. I'm not telling you that. But what I'm saying is sometimes we have to get to the root of it. Why is it that we think that we have to give our kids everything? You know, mm-hmm. why is it that we want to shower them or overcompensate? It's not that we were, you know, neglected or didn't have all the time like that. Um, but sometimes we just, because we're not dealing with the root of what's going on with us and the traumas that we have, we overcompensate in different areas. Yes. Not just the giving, but in different areas. So we have to really find the root of whatever that thing is and deal with that in us so that we don't perpetuate that in our children and continue those negative cycles. And it'll show up, maybe not in that kid, but maybe in the way they parent their kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So you have to be aware of that. But we're talking about all this, this shame and stuff and how it manifests differently. Um, you know, and, and this is part of it. And it really is dealing with the root of it. And, you know, like I said, we'll talk about kind of how to dredge up all of that stuff and deal with that. But um, we do those things and we don't know where it comes from. And we're wondering why there's some still some conflict or we things are not going all the way right or we can't um, are not successful in certain areas or we're so hesitant to do or we pull ourselves back or we do all of these things. And a lot of it is rooted in shame and guilt. And yes, the bottom line. Yeah. And you see what your mother put. She says, as a grandma, 
I have changed roles, right? I don't have the responsibility of raising my grandchildren. My thoughts is that I spoiled them. And you honest. Yeah, right. At least she's honest. At least she at least she's honest. And and but that's the deal, right? A being honest with ourselves and but then understanding there's a limit to us pouring and then yeah. understand, follow me, figuratively speaking, where is the hose connected to? Yes. Think about what I'm saying. Think about the water hose. You know how we used to drink from the water hose. You know, the, the, the real water. I don't know why the water tastes better than anything in the store. Anyway, understand where that hose is connected to and why is it on, right? Why do you feel like you have to give from that angle, right? Because as long as that, as long as that spigot is on, somebody going to be sipping from it. I said... Hey, now, as long as it's on, people are going to sip from it. They're going to continue to drink. But you need to ask yourself, where is it coming from? And why is it on? You know? But, hey, let's let's go to your your, your root causes, uh, Miss Camille. What, what is it that you have? So, again, just some of the root causes is, um, <coughs> excuse me, um, that childhood trauma, things that we've never dealt with, um, abandonment, you know, abuse, watching our families um, go through certain abuse or even poverty, just the environments that you're in, seeing childhood friends die, you know, not being able to save them, being in a different uh, space than they are. There's are so many reasons, you know, that shame happens. But I think the important thing is being still to figure out, again, the narrative in your mind that's keeping you in that mental prison so that we can address those things. And it's being honest. And I have a few few ideas, and I'm sure Seth does too, I know he does, of how to uncover that stuff. But that's the important part. Well, go ahead. I all have some sort of shame, but I'll just say one thing I had to do was um, journal. So I got to a point where I was so broken and so hurt. I just remember I would keep it together for work and come home and I was just like a total, there was just so many things I felt like, you know, sense of failure, you get shame from that, that I failed at. And I just was like, okay. And so I started writing and in my mind, as hard as it was, y'all, it was so hard. I said, in this notebook, I am going to write down all my deepest, darkest secrets. I am not going to judge the thoughts as they come. I'm going to let them come and I'm going to write them down. I was like, I'm not going to try to criticize it or excuse it away. This is how I feel. This is what I've done. This is what I've experienced. And I'm going to be 100% honest about it and also honest about my part in it. I had to do that because it's an I thing with shame. I feel. I am. I am not. So I had to be honest about my part in it. And so I would write and I would cry and I would write and I would cry. And then sometimes I had to put it away. And what it did was it was able, it enabled me to be honest with myself. Yes, these things happen. Yes, I did these things happen. I mean, I did these things. And then when it was done and I wrote, when I say journals, gone. I had to release it so that I can't go back and live in that. I had to release it. Now I think about some things and I know that they happen, but the shame associated with it is no longer there because I've admitted all these things happen. Yes, they are. And guess what? It's in the past and I cannot do anything to change it, but I'm going to change the narrative because I can look at my life now 
and see where I could have been as opposed to where I am. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for being here. I'm grateful that I still have a chance to change my choices because life is a choice. Every day is a choice. I choose what my destiny is or what I, how I want to live out my destiny for tomorrow. I choose what I want my life to look like for tomorrow. So I decided that I am not going to repeat those things or be in, and there's some such situations that you cannot really control when people, you know, invade your space and things. But I'm choosing that no matter what mistakes I made in the past, it is not who I am today. It's not who I am today. And I'm not going to let, I, I've separated the events from the person. These things happened, but this is who I am today. And I'm not the same person that I was 10 years ago or 15 years ago. And I'm glad I'm not the same person I was 10, 15 years ago. But here I am, and I can make it a better choice about who I want to be tomorrow, constantly, mm -hmm. tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I took ownership of that, that this is my life, and no matter what happened, who did what, I can choose today who I want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I had to let that go. So that was the first thing that I did. Listen, and then I had to write all those things down, write mm -hmm. all those things, and get rid of them. And and that's dope. But shout out to Manny. Hey, Diamond One, how you feeling, brother? Uh, he says, feeling this conversation um, as our personal failures find ways to reproduce. Right? Hey, those that we love and care for, right, need to find ways to let it go and letting go. And that's what that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. The shame, y'all, the shame, the shame, the shame. How do you do that? How do you um, let it go? And it, don't keep me, it, listen, ladies and gentlemen, please don't <clears throat> misconstrued the letting go of the shame, meaning as though it's not there anymore. It's still there because it's a part of you, part of that shame. Don't 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 discredit it completely because that shame has created who you are. It builds resilience, believe it or not. But you have to learn how to cope and how to manage it. Right. Well, well let me say this. Go you ahead. can again, you can separate the shame. So you can let go of the shame. The shame is it has shaped who you are to this day. So that's just going to be there. The events that happened are going to be there. But the feeling of shame, you can let that go. There it that is. When you think about it, you feel that deep sense of humiliation or embarrassment or for that thing. You can let that part of that thing go and be like, look, it happened. <laughs> it happened. You know, I probably wouldn't be who I am today had that not happened. However, I don't have to keep that same feeling of shame anymore because shame, again, affects our body it affects our mental state and everything like that so that feeling of attachment of the the feeling of humiliation and embarrassment for that thing you can let that go and that's and the deal yes and that's the key ladies and gentlemen that's the key stop being afraid listen and and, and so so we're gonna do this if you don't know i am very proud of where i come from meaning from the east side of detroit but there are individuals society friends, family that put the negative aspects of being from Detroit on me and other individuals. Shout out to those that come from those under underprivileged places, right? New York, uh, you know, down in the South Alabama, whatever. The thing is being proud of where you, where you come from and who you are creates that but you got to realize what we're talking about shame freedom from shame we have to be we have to let go of the narrative the negative narrative 
and we have a choice to replace it. Say, damn, I'm from Detroit out of all the places. Take that and say, damn, I'm from Detroit out of all the places. You feel me? It's what we say to ourselves, not what people say. It's what we say to ourselves. And we can take that and flip everything, everything. Dang, you so you so fat. Like, damn, I'm so fat. P-H-A-T. You dig it, right? So what do you guys, shout out to Chi-Town. Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to everywhere. No matter where you from, no matter where you from, you are who you are because of where you are from. But remember this, you are going to be who you want to be and where you want to go based off of how you think. Absolutely. Right? Now, what skills you got, Camille? I would also say you got to um, forgive yourself for your past mistakes. We talked about it before, but you have to forgive yourself for your past mistakes. A lot of times we're like, oh, I should have done it differently, but you weren't in that mindset. You may not have been as mature. You probably made the best decision that you could have made with the mindset you were in back then, all right? Give yourself grace. Nobody is perfect. Everybody fails at something, some of us more than others. You know what I mean? And I just don't let nobody guilt trip me because I'm human. I don't know what the next moment is gonna bring. So I'm making the decisions based on what I know right now. Yes, we've done some things that we probably knew better than to do, but we did them and they're done. And you're still here and you still have a chance to make a better decision tomorrow. There is not a single person on the face of this earth that has gotten everything right. Everybody fails at something, whether we know what that is or not. And so we have to give ourselves grace and we have to forgive ourselves for those past mistakes and just vow to do better the next time. Mm-hmm. You know, try to try to make be a better person every single day. You know what I mean? We don't know what we're about to walk into. We don't know what decisions we're gonna make and we don't know if they'll be the right decisions, but we can make them from a place of, I'm going to try to make a good decision based on the information that I have and I just have to be okay with that. You know, because nobody ever gets it right all the time. A lot of us are lucky so to speak, or we kind of fall through things and happen to make the right decision. It just works out for us. And in the end, we're like, oh, man, you know, I thought about doing it different. Glad I didn't. And then, you know, people only see the end result of that, but they don't see all the turmoil that went through or the bad decisions that were made before that. So give yourself grace, forgive yourself for past mistakes. They're past in the past. There's nothing you can do about it. Let it go. Yes. Absolutely. That, <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple more. No, go know. ahead. Go ahead. What else you got? What you got? Well, here, look, look. Let me give it. Let me give a shout out to everyone that's commenting, right? And big, uh, big earnest, my brother over there. Forgiveness to your own individual self is key. You're absolutely right, y'all. You know what it is. And Miss Holly says, "Got to forgive yourself." I had to do this after I had my daughter. Hey, and look. With that being said, with that being said, sometimes. It takes something to help you out because you know what it's done to you. And you have to ask yourself, how much do I love this person? Do I want to put what I have inside on that individual? No, I don't. Now, let me go and see where this mess truly come from. Right. (laughs) You you got to look, 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 watch this. Let me see what is goes and on up in this thing here, because. I got my son, I got my daughter and everything. So, like, for example, being, again, honest, of course, no father, all right? 
no father can't speak for mothers, but no father, and I'm sure no mother really, want their daughters to be on the pole. Okay? Look, stay off the pole. And just don't be a hot-ass mess. However, I have to make sure I understand what I may put off or don't put in to create that type of want as a father. You see? Hey, and then you said something else that made so much sense. We want to say, and sometimes, boom, got that right. Don't know how. I want to see my daughter, my son, right, being right on time in life and say, I don't know how that happened because they didn't come with uh, uh, user's manuals, you dig? But something happened. However, in this growing process, I want to make sure I'm doing the things that I think is right and that I know is right so that I don't put the shame that I've had or that I grew up with on her. So then, therefore... She feel as though she need to receive this type of attention somewhere else, right? Is it a lack of attention? Is it a lack of uh, affirmation? You feel me? Is it yeah. a lack of here that now I'm imposing on my own seeds? What you think, Camille? And, and we talked about that. What you think? I was talking about it the other day, and sometimes it's something as simple as this. I was in a course the other day, and a guy was talking about, you know, when your kids are, you know, have these talents or whatever. So, and I was telling my mom, as our kids are growing up, right, we have an idea. We have these kids, and we're like, we want them to be successful. We want them to do this, this, and this, and that. Usually, I would say the choices that we make for our children or who we want them to be are birthed out of probably something that we wish we were right? Or that we were not able to do. So we put that pressure on our children. So this young individual, he was a uh, talented football player, right? So his family wanted him to play football, go to college and play football. He has scholarships. He decided he didn't want to. He went to go and, and be a mechanic. And they were like, what? You know, and I said, that's our problem. His passion is not in football. Hey. He may have had that talent. He may have been good at it. He was doing it to try to make y'all proud. But then he said, you know what? At the end of the day, I got to be happy. I have to be happy. And I want to be a mechanic. And they was like, nope, we pushing. Well, he ain't going to be able to come. I said, the world eats them up enough. Why are you going to let them? the world eat them up? And then they come home and get the same thing. Where's the love in that? Like when they come back, we have to accept that our children are different than who we are. Their purposes are different than ours. So when we start shaming them for being or living the life that they were purposed to live because we didn't understand that. We didn't take the time to understand that maybe somebody pushed us in. We'd have wasted thousands of dollars on degrees, years in school, you know, living, working jobs that we can't stand to go to because somebody else thought that that was the measure of success. And we're going and we're struggling and we're doing the same things to our kids instead of fostering their passions, their their likes, trying to find out what their purpose to do, purpose to do. And then, you know, kind of encouraging them and and helping them along that way. Camille. Idea of what our kids are are not that and so we create that sense of shame that they're not living up to our expectations we create that sense of shame that they won't be good enough because they didn't go to medical school and they wanted to be or they didn't go to the nfl and they wanted to be a wrench turner baby be the best wrench turner you can be if that is your purpose and god gave you those gifts and that's what you're supposed to be doing to impact whoever it is go do that be happy and be the wrench we all need janitors Hey. It's not a good job. 
but you got to know the janitorial way of life, how, what it takes in order, maybe that person's supposed to own the biggest janitorial company in the U.S. You know, you have to start from the ground to figure it out. That's a whole nother soapbox. No, no, it ain't. No, because (laughs) no, that's what we go do because it's still connected to shame. So and I'm so glad you hit that on the head because sometimes we want to superimpose the things that we didn't do right or couldn't do on our kids. It's like those. What is it? the, the, The model moms for the little kids. What is it? You know what it is. You know the look, the the the, the pageant, the pot, the pageant moms. Listen, mama, God didn't bless you with with all this here. Okay, we ain't saying what it is, but okay. Now your baby might have it. Okay, for a minute, <laughs> whatever. But mm-hmm. the deal is that may not be what they love to do, and I am completely guilty of that because I did not know there was things I was pushing on my daughter based off of what I thought she should do. Now, watch this. I helped to create her, but God, you see, hey, look at here. When I'm trying to tell her the plan for her life, what? Do you know how crazy that is? You know, you, you heard it a joke. If you want to make God laugh, you know, tell him your plans, right? He goes, ah, you got you. No, not it. But the deal is, I will put the things that I think she need to do or how she needs to go hard in certain things based off of my either thought process of being inadequate, see? Because I have to do, I have to do. So since I have to do, you have to do. In reality, I'm pushing her in a direction that's not where she needs to be naturally. So I had to take a step back, right? Take a step back and say, you know what? Let me celebrate her successes just as much as if it was mine, because ultimately it is. Y'all, do y'all hear what I'm trying to say? Leave your babies alone. All right. Now, not to the point where just let them do whatever they want to do. No, that ain't it. Keep them on the straight path. However, when you see that they have passion in things and and, and they're going to bounce around, because guess what? You did. <laughs> now, they're trying to figure it they're out. To connect the dots. Yes. Feeling. I used to say I let my oldest daughter, well, both my kids, I said I put them in every sport or whatever they wanted to do, right? So mm-hmm. I would let them try it. And then if they didn't like it, then, you know, no harm, no foul. But they at least had the opportunity to and experience and mm-hmm. see experience, right? Mm-hmm. And so my my youngest daughter, I like softball. So, you know, I used to play and all that kind of stuff. And when I got in the Air Force and I played and stuff like that. But I was like, I love softball. My youngest one, I put her in T-ball because my mom, you know, I played T-ball when I was a kid growing up playing baseball or whatever. And um, I put her in T-ball. My oldest one, she was cool. You know, everything was good. Put that youngest she was that kid in the outfield picking the grass. Didn't know what I was like, ah, oh, I'm like, this is my sport. <laughs> See? You know? And so then she gets up to the bat one time and she's going, she struck, it's on a tee. See? Eight swings. And she, and I'm like, come on, Jew. So the, the coach said, hey, you know, just settle down for a minute. He was like, just take your time, breathe, you know, keep your eye on the ball. And when you're ready, swing. <laughs> so I'm recording it. And she's holding this thing and she's just staring at the teeth. Mm-hmm. You know? And after about a couple minutes, I was like, swing the ball. She turned around. She said, he said, when I'm ready, then swing. And I was like, shut your mouth. Fell out, right? 
And so she finally hit the ball and she ran. And then it was like, mom, I don't want to do this. Soccer, she walks off the field. You know, I'm trying to put her in these sports because I love sports. She is an artistic kid. See? Music, give her any instrument. She's YouTubing and she's learning how to play it. So guitars, pianos, percussions, uh, the things, marimbas, whatever it is, you give her a sheet of music or something, and she's she, she can do it. And I'm, she's like, it's basically the same thing. What? See? She draws, she writes, she creates. And so that just wasn't her passion, even though I'm passionate about sports, she was not. You know what? And, and I'm so glad you said that because it made me think of my daughter. We put her in um, soccer, all right? And again, my past growing up is in high school. So I went to a vocational aeronautical school in, in mm-hmm. Detroit. It's called Davis Aerospace Technical High School, where we were so small. We didn't even have a sport. Check this out. The only sport we have had was a chess club and drill team. I mean, out of line. Listen, it was so small. We had to go to other schools just to have fights. You feel me? Horrible, horrible. But nevertheless, <laughs> now that I got my daughter, you know, and my daughter I was like, okay, cool. We're going to get her in sports. Boo, boo, boo. Listen, she's the goalie. All right. She was like, maybe five. She's the goalie. Oh, and you know, none of the kids really got extra ability, right? To get it in. Like some of them are good. Some of them are like the baby Hueys of the game. Like, listen, you, you 15 <laughs> playing with these kids. That's it. But nevertheless, She's standing there. All she have to do commit. Listen, and I mean the ball will roll 0.5 miles per hour. I'm looking at my baby. Hey, baby. Hey, all you gotta do is stop it. She in the back doing the floss. What's that little thing? I'm like, mother. Hey, hey. And then she looking at me. She waving. No, you in the game. But I had to realize. Hey, look. She's having fun. Yes fun but for me i'm a grown man i'm looking i'm like yo get that boy and i'm talking the parents right there hey they're just having fun shut up listen my daughter bought that life and she's not and she wasn't however when it comes down to music she loves it and obviously me being a dj and doing things with music now i'm like okay i can dig it right so i can't put all that extra on my baby and Lord is embarrassing. That ain't what she wanted yes. to do. And she and said, Daddy. Still thinking about them embarrassing yeah. moments. My kid out there picking grass and See? running, hopping around. Right. And, and want to play hopscotch with the kids. And so now we're putting what they're not doing. Shame. It's shameful. Oh, no, no. Look, stop it. So now, again, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, we're talking about freedom from shame. And don't watch this. Don't pick up other people's mess. Don't pick up other people's mess and be embarrassed, if you will, and shameful for them. That's them. Get out of their business. Think about it. Sometimes we subconsciously do that. We may see someone. Listen, look, check this out. And I'm going to throw this out and then you can give your, your, your statements. But think about them people that's in Walmart. Listen, you know there's some folks that's in Walmart that be dressing kind of out of line. All right. You can Google it right now. You can see it. Okay. Do they embarrass you? See, hold on. See, wait, <laughs> look, cause look, some of them, and especially on, look, and, I, and look, we're going to be completely honest. Some of them look like me. All right. Some of them, right. They're brothers and sisters, but nevertheless, we're shopping in the same community. Some folks roll directly out of bed and go straight into Walmart. Yes. Do that embarrass you? See, come on, Camille, look at your face. Look at your face. Look. <laughs> 
it used to more than it does now. Mm-hmm. I just said at one point I was like, oh my God, well, it's not going to be me. Mm-hmm. So I don't own, and I'm going to tell you the truth, you guys. I don't own a pair of, I've owned one pair of sweats. <laughs> because I said that I will never be able to get up and walk out the door and look like that. See, And so I just ch- chose to get rid of all of my sweats so that I wouldn't even have the opportunity. The only pair I have is my UMUC ones that my mom bought me when I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. And that's the only pair of sweats that I have. Mm-hmm. So I just, I said, well, if they can do whatever they want to do, but I'm going to represent me well. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I just said, people are going to do what they want to do. And it's that their choice. If they comfortable coming in with sweats or um, pajamas with flip flops on, I mean, you know, the house shoes and, you know, whatever they rollers in their hair, then I don't know what's going on in their house and their life. So, and that's the deal. Right. And that's what we're talking about. Letting go of shame and not picking up everybody else's shame. All right. Mm-hmm. So, but Manny says twist to the uh, to the communication, right? So it says our children, especially this generation, give up too easy and may need an extra push to see through to see things through. No, you're absolutely right. Don't get me wrong. You're absolutely right. We do. However, it comes to a point where you push lightly, and then but we understand. Okay, look, I'm doing too much because now we see in their face. Look, this is this isn't what they want. Now. Don't get me wrong. We don't want to have them give up. You try this and then you give up, you give up. Now, I'll put pressure on my daughter, but not diamond pressure, if that makes sense. I'm putting the the love. Hey, baby, life is not going to be this forgiving, right? And just because we got the money don't mean we just got the money for you to go around and do it and and try to find out what it is that you want to do. But. We have to understand when we don't want to, you know, push them in the wrong way. So King said, huh? I was going to say, and I I, I would make my kids, if they committed to that season, because I I asked them if they wanted to try it and I would make them try and they had to complete the season Mm -hmm. because it's something and seeing it through. You might not like the first two times or whatever, but by the end of it, you might go, Okay, okay, let me stop. I'm sorry to all y'all women who feel attacked. Yo, about your sweats. But look, look at what King says, though, right? Hair wraps and house dress. Hey, come on, smell like fried chicken. Hey, now you know some people be out of line. Now, and I go and I say, I'm like, Lord, no, why? Why we got to do that? And then in broad daylight, it's not like it's in the middle of the night because you know they're 24 hours. you doing this around lunchtime. (laughs) Y'all cutting up. up Yeah, y'all a mess. There's some joggers and stuff. Uh, actually, I have to say, too, because I have a jogger set. Mm-hmm. Um, but with with that being said, you guys understand what I'm saying. Yeah. So that was a personal choice for me. But they have some some cute sweats out there. They got all kinds of uh, pink and Keep them at home, Camille. Keep them me. at home. It's just not for me. So, But anyway, <laughs> yeah, so it is something about pushing your kids. And I make them see it through to make sure that, you know, there's a commitment that goes along with it. I'm spending my money. And you said that you wanted to do it. I asked you first. So you have to stay committed for this season. You know, if you don't like it after that season, then okay, we'll try something different. But in doing that, I did find what my kids like. You know, my older daughter was good at softball. She was good. I made her do softball as a, um, I mean, she was playing softball, good at it. I made her do track and field as a punishment because of her grades. And I said, well, you're going to be in sports, but you're not going to do what you want to do. You know, and softball broke my heart because that's my sport. And um, she ended up doing very, very well at shot put and discus. And so she got a little European title over there for the high schoolers in Europe that she still holds to this day. But it ended up being something that she was actually passionate about, that she was actually very good at. Um, Birthed out of, you know, my punishment, but 
I was still able to because I didn't just stop her from doing everything. Well, you can choose something else. And that's what she chose. And she ended up doing very well in it. And um, so, you know, it's just that that whole thing we have to find. We don't take enough time finding what our kids are good at and what they like and cultivating that. We keep putting our ideas on our kids and trying to push that and then get mad when they don't excel at it. So it's not fair for them. And it creates a sense of shame in our children that we need to stop. That's we right. need to stop. And we need to spend more time talking to our children to figure out what their interests are, what their passions are, what their talent, their true talents are. Because they may be good at a lot of things, but it may be one thing that they're really, really passionate about. And we need to take that time, have those conversations and foster that so that they can grow. And they don't have that sense of shame of not living up to what parents are, you know, my parents wanted me to be. And now I'm doing something different and they're not proud of me because I didn't follow this you know, whatever. And then we could continue to create those cycles. So that's what that part is about. So yeah, <laughs> I know we got on the whole. No, whole no, it's okay. No, no, no. And and then just be, be and, and before you give your, uh, your, your tips, I want to go through some of these comments real quick. And, and foot says coming to the coming in smelling like the, the desert deployment, man, you a mess. All right. And, and so King put out a good plug for, you know, get your sweats at order. And what's that chaos clothing? Okay, and cool. And that's the that I have, and it is bomb. Okay, so. <laughs> okay. And and Miss Holly, she said something that makes some sense, right? Is no quitting until you finish. And I do the same thing with my daughter. Hey, listen, if you don't want to do this in the middle, you still going to the end of whatever that season is, right? And Ernest, he said he felt the same way when it came time to his son. Oh, I remember that conversation, right? Because he was in college, and he said, look, I don't want to do this no more. Right. However, he's doing HVAC now and great at it, employee of the year, and he's about to have his own business. You get what I mean? So that's what it is. Letting go of our kids, um, our shame and imposing them on our kids. So, Camille, what what list of uh, things you have? Okay, so Ernest, I'm with you. My daughter did three years of college and decided not to go back. Damn. So, yeah, three years, and she's just like, that's not what I'm doing. So I had to let her go, and she has done very well since, you know, and do her thing and and live her life, and I'm okay with that. So the other thing I was going to say was allow yourself to be vulnerable. You know, sometimes you got to let your, your your guard down. You have to be able to be honest. You have to be able to... Um, to uh, cry you have to let people in so that they can help you to heal identify those things and then just be okay with just being vulnerable you got to let them walls down because they're keeping out good stuff as well as bad stuff so let them down be vulnerable and it's freeing you know when you i always said well let me go back it was this uh, african proverb that i said and it says um uh when there is no enemy within the enemy outside can no longer hurt you you have to be vulnerable to get there and then i also in my vulnerability i had to just be honest about all the things that you know happened was going on or whatever and so i am able to say now i'm like there's nothing that anyone can tell me about me that i don't already know nothing anybody says is a shocker to me about me and because of that my mom said look you can lie on me you can say what you want it's not going to change the truth I know the truth about who I am and I'm okay with that because it made me the person that I am now. And so there's no shame in that, but I had to be vulnerable to say that there are some people that are going to try to bring up my past or something that I did or said or something like that. And I just have to be okay with that. That was me. Then you guys ever see that? I mean, that says, you know, uh, it's a lot of people out there that know a version of me that no longer exists. And that's just what it is. 
we all grow. Nobody is who they were years ago. And so I don't let that hold me back from who I'm supposed to be and to continue from continue to get better. And so when I became vulnerable enough to say, okay, this is just who I am, flaws and all, it was such a freeing feeling. And it also allowed me to take back the power of who I am, the power of Camille. You know, that nothing you can say is gonna surprise me because I did it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did it. I know it and I'm owning it. You know, I apologize where I need to. I made amends. I forgave. I forgave myself. I did whatever it took. And that was fine. And I'm okay with that. So it's nothing that people can say about me that surprises me. Mm -hmm. And so I have the power, again, to control whatever narrative goes in my mind. Nothing is a shocker. And then I was going to say, you know, you got to uncover those um, hidden demons too, because sometimes we like to do the work on the surface, but there's a lot of stuff that we're still trying to hide mm -hmm. and it keeps popping up, popping up, popping up, popping up. So that journaling, that being completely honest in, in counseling and just saying those things just released all of that from me. And that burden was no longer there. And I feel so much lighter then I would, you know, keep that thing is really heavy when you have a lot of stuff over the years, a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, a lot of, you know, all these things, it gets really, really heavy. So you have to uncover that stuff and let it go. It's mm -hmm. such a freeing feeling. Yeah. And there's a sense of peace that I can never explain. The peace that I got when I released all of that stuff. Woo-wee. That's only the peace that I can, I read about. And then when I felt it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is what they're talking about. And then it allowed me to live out my purpose, to start being authentically me in everything that I did. Mm -hmm. And um, the response, you know, I was kind of some things I'm like, I wonder what they people gonna say or whatever, but this is just who I am. And then the responses really were not what I expected. Right. People were like, I saw that in you all along. You know, I was looking at this and you've always been, and I'm like, what? And so my vision of who I was, was different than what people were seeing in me. And I was holding myself back because of all of the trauma and all the things, the shame that I was carrying. Um, but thankfully, you know, there was still a light in me that people were drawn to. And they were like, we knew you could do this. We knew you could, do we always saw this. And I'm like, man, how come didn't nobody tell me? Like, and you know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. And and again, sometimes we, a lot of times, we can't wait for those external validations or words of affirmation. We have to know about. We need to know who we are. And like man, yeah, yeah, we have to do the work. And like Manny said, um, honest feedback starts with you starts with you but ladies and gentlemen i want to make sure we don't run too too far over but to make sure that you guys know that we will be here next week and we appreciate all these comments and loves and and and, and everything and everything this is so 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 dope so dope hey camille where can individuals find you at so you can find me on facebook camille stevenson thomas um, and then my website is up there, aspiretogrowhigher.com. I do have a book and it's called Empowering Our Girls. And talking about all of that, um, I kind of went through a journey of lessons learned um, on my self-worth, on purpose, on friends, on relationships, on um, uh, faith. And so I had to go through a little bit of journey and there are some, some lessons that I learned 
that I wanted to give to other people to empower them, especially starting the younger our girls. It's for ages, you know, all ages, and guys can get something out of it too. But it's um, a group of women who come together to share their stories of overcoming. So if you guys want it, you can just go to aspire to grow higher.com and um, it is on there. So that's where you can find me. Right. And then I'm on IG, but that's just, I don't really use IG too much. You don't really, okay. <laughs> all right. And ladies and gentlemen, you can find me at setthespeaker.com if you're interested in any type of accountability coaching or just helping to get your mind right. Keep in mind, it, it's not traditional, it's not warm and fuzzy. It comes with a punch and an uppercut, but a hug around the neck. You dig it with accountability. And also the book, The Black Collar Mindset. You can find it at theblackcollarmindset.com. All right, the art of strategic thinking. And it's so important for us to make sure that we have that in, in our lives because we can't give and ask individuals to hold themselves accountable when we don't ourselves. So I want to thank you all. Thank you all. Thanks, Ernest. Thank you, Miss Keisha. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, and look, look at Ernest. Hey, yes, yes, yes. Congrats on the book. This was awesome. Foots. Yes. Thank y'all for all the love and support. So we've been listening to your comments and everything. We've been, we've extended it from just an hour, especially when we have great conversations and you all give a lot of good information. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if there's anything that you would like to, like us to talk about, feel free, give us comments and, and just reach out and <clears throat> excuse me. Give us comments. Say, hey, I think this is a good topic. And don't be afraid to call in because if y'all see the numbers down below and it's been there for an hour and a half, but y'all acting funny like you're scared to say what you want to say. But <laughs> nevertheless, it's all good. It's all good. All right. So we love you. We love you. We got anything else to add, Miss Camille? No, I just love my shirt and my jewelry popping. I have some um, paparazzi dealers and some shirt dealers. Oh, here. do you? Who own this paparazzi? <laughs> Who own there selling paparazzi? Everybody selling that paparazzi. Paparazzi, that's Holly Williamson is my uh, my paparazzi jewelry and then ordering chaos clothing. Okay, so, look at y'all. Self-plugs. Yeah. I can dig anyway, it. Yeah, because they keep me looking cute on so all my shirts and stuff, I usually get them and my jewelry, I get it from them. Right so. on, right on. Okay, okay. Anyway, we can right, dig it. Enough. <laughs> that's what's up alright ladies and gentlemen listen, you, you guys have a great great weekend and a great remainder of your week but think about what we talked about the shame and what is it that you're going to do after we uh, you know click this off that's going to help you release that shame so you can have a better and more fulfilling life alright let me say one more thing yes. counseling Counseling, if you need counseling, don't be ashamed. Yes. Just be your best self. So dare to be different. I just had to step out and say, you know what? I am who I am, quirks and all, flaws and all. I love me. And I'm going to treat me like I love me. So dare to be different. You don't have to fit the mold of everybody else. When you start doing that, you become boring anyway. I don't want to be boring. Yes, you're right. Me, mm -hmm. uniquely and authentically me, um, changing your thinking, your perspective. Every Saturday we're on here, and this is a way to learn. We always throw some skills in here to help you to reframe your thinking or balance your thinking or any of those types of things. So please, 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 the work starts, but just start. Don't wait. Start. You don't want to waste another day of your life living with the shame of the past. Let it go. It's already in the past. Absolutely. Let it go so you can be the best you you can be. Absolutely. And and ladies and gentlemen, she did speak about uh, counseling. Don't be afraid to get a counselor that can dig you. I'm not saying that loosely. 
I'm, this is purposeful, right? Search around just because they have something fancy on the wall saying that they, they're licensed to talk to you or they're clinical to talk to you. Make sure you connect with individuals that you can talk to and that can understand the issues that you may be going through, right? All right. So anyway, we're yes. going to see y'all soon and you enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your weekend. Yeah. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you all. Bye-bye.